This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. The Canadian healthcare system is under strain, whether it be staffing shortages, emergency room closures, or long patient wait times, people are feeling the brunt of that. And all aspects of health are impacted, including vision health. A new report put together by several organizations examines just how severe those impacts have been. Accessibility report, reporter Megan Gilmore is here with some of the findings. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. So, Megan, I know one of the organizations here is the Canadian Council of the Blind, the CCB. But who else was behind this and what were they looking for? Sure. So uh, along with the CCB, Fighting Blindness Canada uh, was also involved in this report. And then the organizations also partnered with uh, large organizations that represent optometrists and ophthalmologists. Ophthalmologists. So that one always um, gets me, too. I know, right? And it's really hard to spell, but that's another story. Um, so as part of the research, optometrists and ophthalmologists were interviewed as well about what they're seeing um, in terms of vision healthcare in Canada. So what this report card is, is the continuation of research that CCB and uh, the uh, and Fighting Blindness Canada have been doing over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started in... Oh, I think it was 2012. Uh, well, they started in 2019 doing research about the overall cost of vision loss in Canada. And that research was published in May 2021. Mm-hmm. And then um, in October 2021, they released an extra part, like an addendum to that report that described specifically how the pandemic was impacting individuals with vision loss. This research builds on that. So we're looking at two things here. One is what is the state of vision healthcare in Canada? Have Has it rebounded from the impacts of the pandemic? Are we back to 2019 levels? Are we not? Those types of questions. And the second part of it is a survey that was done with individuals living with vision loss and seeing how they are coping right now in uh, in 2021, as opposed to the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, this is a continuation. In fact, we interviewed a couple of the researchers as those first reports and addendums were coming out. So I'm curious, what are the main findings of this most recent research? Sure. So uh, Keith Gordon, who's one of the key researchers, he summarized it this way, that clearly the backlog is not being overcome. So while this research does show that there's been a significant increase in the number of surgeries, in the number of visits to eye doctors um, in 2021 over 2020, the numbers are still lower than the 2019 levels. Uh, so we're still day we're still dealing with backlogs and surgeries, and overall, there's fewer visits to eye doctors than there was before. So the big question is why? Right, and a lot of it has to do with things that you mentioned right at the top there, right? Like so, so staff shortages. Um, 
and surgery backlogs and wait lists. And I think it's important for us to remember when we're discussing the healthcare system rebounding from the pandemic, we want to use that language. It's not as if pre-COVID, the healthcare system was firing <laughs> on all cylinders, doing lovely A pluses for everything, right? So surgery wait times and backlogs have always been a concern. They were a concern before the pandemic. The pandemic happens, shutters a lot of these, um, and we're still trying to catch up um, to get things back to pre-pandemic levels. And what's the cost? What, what's the what's the monetary cost of this? Sure. So from previous research that the CCP has done, it's estimated that by 2050, vision loss is going to cost $56 billion in Canada. That's in 2019 dollars, so adjusted for um, where we are right now. It's also estimated that an additional $129 million per year is going to be required to clear the backlog in cataract surgeries between 2021 and 2023. And that is just cataract surgeries. Megan, I'm a little bummed out hearing this, although I think I knew it was happening. Were there any positive findings? Sure. So I think it's good if people are getting surgeries and going to eye doctors. Like, that's a good thing. Um, But the survey of people who have vision loss overall indicated that they seem to be coping better. Uh, There's less stress than there was at the beginning of the pandemic. People are comfortable leaving their homes um more often than they were before so that's doing well also an interesting thing that keith gordon pointed out to me we were speaking about this is that the vaccination rate of people with vision loss vaccination rate against COVID 19 is actually incredibly high and that's important to note because these two organizations that authored this study so the canadian council of the blind and fighting blindness canada had been two of the organizations that had called for individuals uh living with vision loss or blindness to be prioritized Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that didn't happen but regardless there is still a high vaccination uptake so um there's probably several reasons for that i know there's some several uh like community organizations that work with individuals living with vision loss who were coordinating vaccination uh, rides making sure people had information about vaccines that sort of thing yeah absolutely megan we've talked about this a couple times on the show that the Mm -hmm. pandemic really did throw a wrinkle into a lot of what i'll call maintenance healthcare, whether that be physiotherapy and massage um eye care dentist care i'm curious how did it impact the way that you were approaching some of that maintenance healthcare? Sure. So I had my regular eye appointment scheduled for fairly early on in, in the pandemic. Um, I've had the same ophthalmologist since I was eight. It's one of the longest standing relationships in my life. Um, and so like our first appointment was like like a phone call, which is really kind of strange for vision. Yeah, but anyways, that feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. So like he he called me and I still remember because I like I see the number on my phone and like I answer and he's like, hey, it's your favorite eye doctor. I'm like, oh, that's actually true. And right now you are my only eye doctor, but it would be true even if you weren't. Um, and so it's just a few quick um, maintenance type questions. Like, are you seeing any changes? Is there an increase in floaters? Are you seeing flashing lights like that type of thing? Um, but then I didn't get um, because of delays. It was going to be about three years between appointments for me when they were able to call and give me my next one. Um, obviously, ophthalmologists, there's a very long wait time and I'm a about an 18 month, every 18 month type person right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thankfully I was home one day in August, 2020. I was back visiting my parents in Brantford. That's where my ophthalmologist is. And we just called the office on a whim to like, Hey, can is like by any chance, is there an opening today? 
Right. And there was because they'd had cancellation and we got in and that's when I found out I had a cataract that needed to be removed and we were able to schedule a surgery for December. I understand that not everybody was able to get their cataract surgeries during the pandemic, but, but I was, but that was only because there was a fluke cancellation and we were able to get in there. It's, it's sometimes in life we have a stroke of luck and these things, right. uh, these things can be very happy. That definitely happened with me with my throat surgery pre-pandemic <laughs> where uh, I just happened to approach a new clinic uh, not long after it opened and they were like, oh yeah, we have tons of spots available and now it would be years and years to, to get into that clinic. So it's, it's, yep. it's sometimes, sometimes in life, Megan, being proactive, we get a little bit lucky. But I think when it comes to the healthcare system, we shouldn't necessarily be counting on luck as effective policy no. no and like this report is also arguing don't count on luck right there's calls for a national vision health strategy there's been a private member's bill put forward to do that um and it's an interesting thing because the authors of this report will say there's been a lot of money like injected into clearing backlogs and surgery wait times uh but overall despite the amount of money that governments are say they're putting into this we're still seeing um, we're still seeing huge wait times and a yeah. lack of concerted government action on vision health in particular. Yeah, no, it, l- listen, the fact is you can inject all the money you want into it. If that money is not going to hire surgeons or hire nurses or right. create more facilities, it's not actually going towards anything, right? It's going towards, oh, well, we've got three more bureaucrats to book your to book your surgery uh, three years from now. That doesn't clear the backlog. What clears the backlog is actual experts. The thing is, to train an expert takes years, right? Do, right. Like, it takes yeah. two years to train a nurse. It takes, it takes like, 10 years to train a doctor, to train a specialist. So it's not like you can wave a, wave a wand to make these things go away. As you point out, Megan, that this is something that existed before the pandemic. And the other thing that we're seeing is some provinces are getting some imagination going. For example, New Brunswick is trying to figure out what kinds of surgeries can we do outside of hospitals? What kind mm-hmm. of clinics can we have do these kinds of surgeries? I know Ontario's flirting with that idea as well. There is something to that, but you have to be very careful about who exactly you're empowering to do that and are the safety protocols still there that you would get doing a surgery in a hospital. Right, right. And I think it's also important to note that surgeries in general are backlogged, right? So like, we're just talking about eye surgery. Yeah. Uh, then there's all, like, you have more body parts. Uh, there's all of that. So there's also a question of, like, which health conditions get priority. Yeah, just like the song says, the eye bone is connected to the knee bone. Megan, <laughs> thank you for this. You're welcome. Have that, a good day. That's Megan Gilmore, our accessibility reporter. If there's a local story that you want Megan to take a closer look at, you can always reach out to us by sending us an email, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or giving us a phone call, 1-866-509-4545, 1-866-509-4545, or you can reach out to Megan directly on social media, on Twitter, at Megan Gilmore, M-E-A-G-A-N-G-I-L-L-M-O-R-E. That's Megan Gilmore, at Megan Gilmore, M-E-A-G-A-N-G-I-L-L-M-O-R-E. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.